Thank you for supporting Daily Tech Headlines directly. Now begins your ad-free episode. I'm Rich Straffolino, and these are the tech headlines for the week that was. Researchers at Mount Sinai Health System in New York and Stanford University in California have found a way to predict if users of Apple, Garmin, and Fitbit watches have COVID-19 before the virus is detectable in tests. The Mount Sinai study analyzed Apple watch wearers for heart rate variability, which is a known marker of inflammation. People infected with COVID-19 experienced lower heart rate variability. Stanford monitored wearers of Apple, Garmin, and Fitbit devices and found that 81% of coronavirus-positive patients experienced changes in their resting heart rates of up to nine and a half days prior to the onset of symptoms. The researchers could predict infection in two-thirds of those infected. Reuters sources say the U.S. Commerce Department notified semiconductor suppliers of Huawei that intends to revoke some licenses needed to sell to the company while it remains on the entity list and will reject dozens of applications to do so from other companies. Sources say at least eight licenses were revoked from four companies. And one of the last executive orders from the Trump administration gives the Commerce Department authority to write rules that could bar foreign entities from using U.S. cloud infrastructure as a service offerings if they're used for a cyber attack. The rules could apply to jurisdictions as well as to people and companies. Google confirmed it's conducting experiments to determine the value of its service to Australian news outlets. Australia's government is implementing a law that would require Google and Facebook to pay publishers in order to carry links to new content. Google is blocking news sites from showing up in search results for about 1% of Australian users. The law would force Facebook and Google to negotiate the amount of payments or have an arbitrator decide it for them. It's being debated in the Senate. As part of that debate, in an opening statement to the Australian Senate Economics Committee inquiry, Google's VP of Australia and New Zealand, Mel Silva, said as drafted, the law would give us no real choice but to stop making Google search available in Australia. Twitter announced it's partnering with the Indian social app Daily Hunt to bring Twitter moments to the platform. A new dedicated tab called Twitter Moments India on Daily Hunt will showcase curated tweets around topical news and events similar to Twitter Moments on Twitter. Daily Hunt claims to have 285 million daily users with support for 14 local languages in India. Microsoft announced it's entered into a long-term strategic relationship with GM's self-driving vehicle subsidiary Cruise. This will see Microsoft make a $2 billion equity investment, bringing Cruise's valuation up to $30 billion. As part of the deal, Cruise will use Azure's cloud services to help scale its operations. Microsoft has offered a connected vehicle platform as part of Azure for several years, with announced partnerships from Volkswagen, Renault-Nissan, LG Electronic, the automotive supplier Foracia, and TomTom. Last year, Viacom CBS announced it would rebrand its CBS All Access service to Paramount Plus to better reflect its expanded content lineup after the CBS-Viacom merger. The company now says the rebrand will go into effect March 4th in the U.S. and Canada, although Canadian users won't see an expanded content library until later in 2021. Paramount Plus will also launch in Latin America on that date, launching in the Nordic European countries on March 25th, and arrive in Australia in mid-2021. LG Electronics CEO Brian Kwan said the company is considering all possible measures, including sale, withdrawal, and downsizing of the smartphone business. Kwan also promised employment will be maintained regardless of changes to the division. LG's mobile phone business has posted losses of 5 trillion won over the last five years, posting consecutive operating losses every quarter since Q2 2015. Google reached an agreement with APIG, a group representing roughly 300 political and general information press titles in France, on a framework to pay the publishers for reuse of snippets of content. 
A 2019 reform to copyright law in France required paying for use of snippets, which Google sought to avoid by simply not displaying them. However, France's competition regulator ruled in April that a unilateral withdrawal of snippets was unfair, damaging to the press sector, and likely an abuse of dominant market position, ordering that Google negotiate payment terms with publishers. The agreement establishes a framework within which Google will negotiate individual licensing agreements with IPG-certified publishers within APIG's membership while reflecting the principles of law, with content set to appear in Google's new Showcase Partnership Program. Under the framework, payments will go direct to publishers, though terms will not be disclosed. Google said it's already reached individual agreements with a few national newspapers like Le Monde, Le Figaro, and Liberation. U.S. cybersecurity firm Malwarebytes said Wednesday it was breached by the same group that attacked SolarWinds last year, but that its intrusion isn't directly related to the SolarWinds supply chain attack. Malwarebytes says the attackers breached its internal systems by exploiting a dormant email protection product for Office 365. The company learned of the intrusion from the Microsoft Security Response Center on December 15th, while Microsoft was auditing its Office 365 and Azure infrastructures for sign of malicious apps created by the SolarWinds hackers. Malwarebytes says it's determined the attackers only gained access to a limited subset of internal company emails. The Raspberry Pi Foundation released the Raspberry Pi Pico, a $4 microcontroller. The Pico is the first device powered by the Raspberry Pi Foundation's own silicon designs, the RP2040, a dual-core 133-megahertz ARM chip. The Raspberry Pi Foundation has also reached out to Adafruit, Arduino, Pimeroni, and SparkFun to use the chip on their own board designs in the hopes of creating a larger ecosystem. The Pico also includes 264 kilobytes of RAM, 26 GPIO pins, a micro-USB port, and a temperature sensor. It can be programmed in either C or MicroPython. Alphabet announced it's shutting down its Loon subsidiary, a former X project that aimed to provide wireless broadband from balloons in the stratosphere. The company said Loon's business model was unsustainable as it was unable to lower costs to continue operations. Loon technology had been deployed in emergency situations to offer internet service, and it launched a full pilot in Kenya just back in July. And finally, Facebook has referred its decision to indefinitely suspend President Trump's account to its independent oversight board it set up last year. A five-member panel will take up the case and share findings with the full board. Majority approval will be needed on any decision, which must be made within 90 days. The board will evaluate whether the content in question violated Facebook's standards and whether the removal respected international human rights, including freedom of expression. A statement from the page's administrators can be submitted, arguing why the suspension should be overturned, and public comments will be taken as well. Facebook will have up to seven days to implement a decision once it's published, and 30 days to respond publicly to any policy change recommendations. Remember, for more discussion of the tech news of the day, subscribe to Daily Tech News Show at DailyTechNewsShow.com. And remember to rate and review Daily Tech Headlines wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. And from all of us here at Daily Tech Headlines, remember, have a super sparkly day.